Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Frontier Beyond Fear live broadcast. I'm Susan Larison-Dance, and today is Saturday, May 7th, 2022. And I welcome those of you joining me live today and also those who are listening across time. Know that your energy is present here today, because there is no boundary of time, not in the way that we think. You are here energetically present, and I appreciate that today. Today, I am going to be talking about worry, because I feel that many of us are experiencing heavy-heartedness, and naturally so, all that is occurring in our world. And I speak to you worldwide, though I am here in the United States, I know that about 30% of you are not, and that you are living in diverse regions which is very, very welcome to me. So it is my intent to always, as much as I can, speak as broadly as possible because my intent here is to build bridges. And perhaps that will lead us to our first thought of the day today in that we go through significant grief when we fail to understand or listen to one another. Now, listening does not imply agreement, but it can take us a very, very long way towards where we'd truly like to be. And it's also a beautiful celebration of authenticity. You will notice today in the description of the program, I related releasing worry to authenticity. And I want to say right at the outset that worry is a natural part of being a human being. But the question is, how much do we allow our worries, which essentially are 
scenarios that we project into the future, frightening ones generally, whether personally or globally, some may carry tremendous evidence that we have reason to be concerned. Others may not carry all that much evidence, and yet still we worry. And what I want to say to you today is that we all have work to do with our mind space, with our heart space, because the heart space can carry the gifts that the mind requires to find more peace. We can probably think of historical figures who have been through incredibly difficult situations, and yet somehow they find a way to have a calmer disposition. That doesn't mean inside of themselves they're not anguishing to some degree. Mother Teresa is a perfect example. Um, Later in life, or maybe it was after she was gone, it became clear that she thought about things deeply. She questioned things, and yet you really couldn't tell that in her work doesn't really matter how we appear on the surface because we may appear very calm and yet we're going through something within. And to a degree, yes, this is normal. And that's important too. When I say that we're not going to do this perfectly, it is absolutely true. We cannot expect perfection. But I can personally attest that in my own life, though I am by no means worry-free now, I used to be much, much more stressed. And that truthfully was before I discovered a spiritual path, which is not a mindless path as some may say there is mind within it, although it allows us to release the concerns of our minds. It is a heartful path. It is an experience that flows. It is with us continually. It provides the peace that passeth understanding. What does that mean? We don't understand it, and yet we feel better. There may be no reason for it. We may have a lot of things that are stressful in our lives, and yet we find the peace that passeth understanding. Somehow it is there. I'm sure that many of you, and I can attest to this as well, have been through situations, for example, where a loved one, was having a medical emergency of some kind or a procedure or something frightening was going on. There can be within those times so many different feelings. And yet I have to say that spirituality helped me tremendously. In fact, I wouldn't be here talking to you at all if not for my own own situation that I went through years and years ago, from which came my awakening. 
I may have advanced degrees, and yes, I've had a diversity of experiences in my life, but not all of them have been easy. It has not been a walk in the park. In fact, my own spiritual awakening led me to make choices for my life that may not seem logical within the world overall, or in many cases, they were kind of made for me. Because you, the, the universe, God, the divine, however you choose to name that spirit, which is very much alive, this is not something impersonal, brings to you what you need. That may be heartbreak for a time. Maybe you need to travel through that to get to the other side and you will be richer for it. It can be difficult situations where we don't have abundance, where we're scraping coins together, or we just cannot do the things that might bring in that money and yet kill our soul or even physically impact us. How many people are doing things that are just so, so physically debilitating through life. That quality of life that we seek is not to be found in wealth. Some people may find it, but there are many, many wealthy people who are miserable. I have to tell you that um, I walk in a number of places. I've lived in another number of places. One place I walk is by some really, really fancy homes. And it's amazing how so often you never see the people enjoying their yards. You rarely do. Or occasionally I'll see maybe they're having a work meeting. Like one seemed to be owned by some CEO and had a whole work team there one day. And they were maybe looking out at the view. I don't know. And you notice on some of these homes, they have giant decks with all these chairs. I don't know when they meet there. I mean, yeah, I saw that one example. Sure, occasionally I see family things. But for so much of the time, I see no life there at all. What are they doing? What are they doing? What are they sacrificing to have that fancy home? How many worries and burdens are they carrying? And yes, of course, there are difficult situations in life, and I will not discount those. I know that there are difficult, difficult things that people must go through. And yet, we can find that peace that passeth understanding within spirituality. Perhaps you don't consider yourself spiritual at all. Mindfulness is still there for you. Heartfulness is there for you. But it's not quite as easy, I have to tell you, just based on my own experience. And I invite you to open up to what more there is. You have nothing to lose. You're not going to lose your mind to ask Or if you do, it'll be temporary, perhaps. (laughs) But you will find your way to something that works for you.
these things can happen both in steps and in leaps. And yes, as typically, I have a few quotes for you today um, and even some poetry that showed up right before. Um, in some cases, I will tell you, if you note that in some cases I only quote maybe a line or two of a poem, those are more modern poems. So I'm respectful of those poets, and so I don't tell you the whole poem. But in those cases, I invite you to look up the poem, look up the author's work, because I am aiming to bring to you some more modern things. In fact, this showed up, just opened right to it this morning, and I will only quote a small amount here because it's about how poetry can help us. Beauty, beauty is a path to peace. Read some poetry. And we're going to talk about nature, too. And many of these poems will talk about that. It's right there for you. Okay, before I read this poem, I'll tell you, before the show today, a little bit earlier, I was sitting watching clouds in the sky. Now, maybe you did that in your childhood. Do you have a memory of watching clouds in the sky as a child? It doesn't matter where you are. You could be in the middle of a city, and if you can see the sky somehow or some bit of beauty anywhere in your midst, that will help. Do you know that I came in, I sat out there, I don't know, maybe about 15 minutes, and I felt wonderful when I came in. You can literally feel physically a transcendent type of feeling when you do this. doesn't mean you totally disconnect, but it, it makes a difference. I have certainly had some worries lately. In fact, I've noticed they've been a little more than um, maybe some other times in my life when I should have been worrying more, or maybe I've forgotten. It's not all the time, but sometimes, yes, yeah, something's stressing me out. I go outside. I open the window and listen to a bird. I hope you have birds near you. I do happen to know that I've been in places where there are far too few anymore which is very sad, and I'm grateful to be in a place now where I can hear the birds again. I'm going to read just a very short part of a poem that revealed itself to me by Nikki Giovanni. This poem was written in 1975, and it's called Poetry, and Nikki was born in 19. 19- 43. Poetry is motion graceful as a fawn, gentle as a teardrop, strong like the eye, finding peace in a crowded room. The title of this poem is Poetry. Nikki was born in 1943 and is still with us. I invite you, look up Nikki's work. Look up the poem, Poetry, and read it in its entirety. I'm just reading the beginning because she talks about finding peace in a crowded room. Your mind can feel like a crowded room. 
You may be in a crowded space. Beauty can help you. Don't be afraid of poetry. That is one of the themes, the continuing themes of this broadcast and podcast. I help you to look at things that maybe you thought weren't approachable at all. What in those few lines is difficult? There's nothing difficult there at all. We need to rediscover poetry and beauty in our lives. Don't be afraid of it. Don't say to yourself, oh, I'm not smart enough. Yes, you are. You are able to take this in, and people have lived a life and want to share with you what they know. Reading really can help, and I don't even do enough of it. I'm quite busy, and I wish I found more time to read, and I always want to make more time to read. Some weeks are busier than others. Even if it's just a few lines of something beautiful, it will help you because your mind can be like a crowded room. Yes, of course, there are many practices that can help you that are truthfully independent of any particular spiritual tradition. They are to be found in many spiritual traditions. You don't even need to be spiritual to discover these things. Gentle reflection, prayer. I never used to understand why repetitive verse made sense. It seemed kind of mindless. But it's, that's the whole idea, not to mention what are you reflecting on. Breathing, of course. I'm no breathing expert. I come to you as a regular person. I may be a kind of a spiritual teacher, using that term in a way that is really applicable to lots of people. I am not a guru and don't want to be. I'm just a person sharing. I'm not a meditation expert by any means. And in fact, I really don't do it except when I sit and look at the sky or when I walk. It's a gentle kind of practice for me. Yes, walking can help you. If you can get out and walk in a beautiful place, do it. Do it. It will help. As we release our worries, which are essentially fears in motion. What is a worry anyway? You're playing something in your mind. Maybe you're playing it over and over. Maybe it's in the past. Maybe it's in the past and you're projecting it into the future. It is fear, but it is fear with a story attached to it. You don't need to keep telling telling yourself that story over and over and over again. And you can break the cycle. Music can help. Beautiful music. Just simple things 
within your life. Mindfulness teachers will tell you to pay attention to your surroundings. I know I went through a time many years ago of greater distress. I've been through some difficult passageways in my life. And I know that at one particular time, just being aware of like the carpet under my feet or touching, you know, fabric somewhere, putting your hand on a bedspread, on a couch, feeling the presence, the physical presence, grounding yourself. If you can, getting outside and walking in the grass, barefoot, but you don't have to do that. It can be as simple as feeling what's under your feet, wherever you are, or touching anything. Touch touch the bedspread, touch a couch, touch something, you know, go do something in the kitchen and think about it while you're doing it. These things can help us. But this show isn't particularly about practices. I am not a teacher in practices. You will find no courses offered. There are many people who do such things. That is not me. I am a liver of life. I am a journeyer just like you. I'm just a regular person. I have worked in all kinds of stressful work environments. I have at times felt the stress, at other times I haven't. And I've had stress and done spectacularly well. But often at a time when, you know, maybe I shouldn't have known how, work actually really helped me. Even if I was doing something that carried responsibility or whatever, I have run giant nonprofit events as a volunteer. I have done all sorts of things in my life. And sometimes work can be freeing as well, as long as you find it in balance. In fact, I'm looking at the front page of Blog Talk Radio right now, and there's a diversity of shows up there. I'm very thankful that this show is up on the home page right now um, in the second position. That's really nice. But I see another program that's coming up that has to do with balance. Another one has to do with chaos. Balance, balance, so important to aim to discover it. And that's in our relationships with one another. I see, you know, within the world and certainly within the United States, a lot of stress. And I have a keen insight into people of multiple persuasions That seems to be my unique, well, not totally unique, but many people don't. That is my position in life, to be able to see multiple points of view. And what I tend to notice the most is how little people understand whatever the other side is, how they catastrophize that, whatever it is. And there are always to be found, of course way far out extremes on an edge, sure. But we tend to overgeneralize just how divided, how far apart certain people are. And the fascinating thing is that when you start to listen to something, you have to listen and it's not always easy, you start to find that there are people who aren't quite all the way out there. They're, they're maybe a little bit closer towards whatever your point of view is and that maybe they're even capable of having a conversation about something and maybe there actually is some balance that can be found, that it's not way, way out. 
that maybe it's not exactly what you agree with, but that there is some kind of come, let us reason together kind of space. And that, sadly, is not something that we tend to be looking for. And so we worry and we worry and we catastrophize and we make up stories and we project those stories. Some of them may be true, but how generally true are they? These things can help us. Truth can help us. And being open to discovering something about other people that maybe you don't know and maybe you're mistaken, that maybe it's really is just that view over there that's just, you know, no way, you know, just way far out, but that maybe, you know, here are some people who possibly don't have that that particular view. And this can be on all sides of just about every discussion that you can have. In fact, it can be on the topic of spirituality. I would wager there are some who consider themselves so-called rationalists, which I call materialists, and sometimes I've been known to be quite passionate talking about this topic, who can't even imagine that there could ever be a spiritual path for them. Perhaps, perhaps you are projecting onto that path something that doesn't need to be there, a particular story that would never be true for you. By the same token, I see people like Carl Sagan, um, who I find very interesting, and yet he didn't have a spiritual path, and yet some of the things he says are incredibly spiritual. There is so much to be found when we talk to one another, One of the reasons I have this radio program, online radio program, is because years ago I used to be an online writer on the Oprah Forum. I was bridge builder. Some of my writing surfaced very high, often on the front page of the Oprah site itself. No matter what you think of Oprah, and I know that there are many people of of a diversity of opinion here, She used to have a discussion forum which was not on a particular way of thinking about spirituality. It was a general forum. And we had people from all walks of life, from all different types of belief, and people who were growing together. I was very much growing in this time. This primarily happened, I'd say, between about 2000 or so, maybe 2006 and 2009, 10, about that. And I met people from all over the world, and I still am in contact with some of them online. And they had a diversity of beliefs and ways of going about life, and yet we talked to one another. Sometimes it was a bit contentious. It was, although there were limits in that forum. But I cannot tell you how much it helped. Because what happened? We came to care about one another. We cared. Love. Spirituality is not an impersonal thing. It is love. It is unconditional. Conditional love. 
You may not believe in the divine. You may not believe in anything spiritual at all. But I will tell you that the love that is shared between people is not all about agreement. It is about caring for that person and listening and realizing, no, I don't agree with that, but I care about this person. And I see where they came to that conclusion, perhaps. And maybe we talk to one another and we start to soften some things or at least understand as to why. And we stop projecting stories that aren't true. That is a worry. That is a worry personified when we project stories that aren't true and are fantasies of our imagination. Maybe we can find one or two examples. We think it's everywhere, this thing we fear. And sure, there have been times on the planet where some really scary things have happened, yes. But how, if that were to start to happen, how would we try to find balance? I tell you, talking to one another is a really good idea. Let's see what other poems. By the way, those of you listening live today, I have extended the live show today because it seems like I always go over, so today it's 45 minutes. And since you're simply listening to me talking, although not just me, I bring in other voices. I've only brought in one so far in poetry today, but... um, We'll see how 45 minutes goes again. I had it at 45 minutes at one point, and then I kind of brought it back again. We'll just see. It may depend on the topic. So anyway, you'll be able to be here longer with me today if you're listening live. Let's see what other poems showed up before the show. I'm on this book where I discovered Nikki's. Here's one that showed up. Richard Wilbur. Praise in Summer. Richard Wilbur lived between 1921 and 2012. And I am not going to read the whole poem again. This particular poem was written in 1947, so it's not quite as recent. But even so, I'm only going to give you a little bit. And I invite you to discover this poem, Praise in Summer, by Richard Wilbur, This, once again, continues our theme of beauty in nature. This is in the middle of the poem. See how the sparrow burrows in the sky. And then I wondered why this mad instead perverts our praise to uncreation. Why such savers in this wrenching things awry? Just a few lines. I invite you to go discover Richard Wilbur's praise in summer. Here he is contemplating beauty. And let me tell you, I didn't look for these poems. They just came to me. This is part of my spiritual path. And it's miraculous. Poems come to me. Nikki's as well just showed up. And I had been looking for a diversity of voices as well. What Richard is saying is essentially how he's looking at beauty, praise in summer. And yet, why? 
why is his mind, why why is mankind, humankind, focused on uncreation? Because in the midst of beauty, it's so inexplicable. I invite you to think about that. Beauty can help us. You know, we all share this same earth. We may have different views about how to to walk upon it, but I think it would be very difficult for almost any human being on this planet not to have noticed, certainly in childhood at least, the beauty of this planet. It is here for us. I tell you, when I was looking at the sky before, it was so beautiful. I mean, as simple as a child might look at the sky. And in fact, I have another poem. Now we're going to go back in time. And I just grabbed this book. I have several books in front of me. Yeah, you know what? Books are useful still. I invite you to discover some. What's wonderful about a book is you're not just, you just open it. That can't happen so easily online. You're always led to something online. There's always some algorithm. And yes, I have a degree in computer science, technically too, essentially. I was there down the hall when the World Wide Web, as you know it, was being developed. So I had an opportunity to work on that project and did not. Um That's neither here nor there, but I have known people who were doing work in computer science, and I did as well. This poem came to me farther back in time by far, so I can read it. This poem is by Henry Vaughan, who lived between 1622 and 1695. The poem is called The Retreat. Happy those early days when I shined in my angel infancy. I don't know that I'll read this this entire poem, but let's jump ahead a little. When on some gilded cloud or flower talking about a cloud, a cloud, my gazing soul would dwell an hour, and in those weaker glories spy some shadows of eternity. Before I taught my tongue to wound, my conscience with a sinful sound. I won't go on in the poem, but essentially before life brought all kinds of grievous things to deal with in life, there was beauty and this connection to eternity. And notice how there's a mention of childhood. These poets lived within their times. I am not an expert on their lives. I open to the books. I open the pages to their poems as they ask to be read. Here we have an invitation once again to find that childlike self. The word childish is often used. That is more derisive generally in understanding. 
childlike conveys innocence. Childish can have different types of meanings. Here's another that I opened to again. We're going to do a little repetition here. I won't read the whole thing. William Wordsworth lived 1770 to 1850. Similar type of reflection to a butterfly. I've watched you now a full half hour, self-poised upon that yellow flower. And little butterfly, indeed, I know not if you sleep or feed. How motionless, not frozen seas. More motionless, and then what joy awaits you when the breeze hath found you out among the trees and calls you forth again. I think I will read this entire poem. It's quite short. This plot of orchard ground is ours. My trees they are, my sister's flowers. Here rest your wings when they are weary. Here lodge as in a sanctuary. Come often to us, fear no wrong. Sit near us on the bough. We'll talk of sunshine and of song. And summer days when we were young. Sweet childish days that were as long as 20 days are now. That's such a powerful poem. And yes, he does use the word childish. It's just that sometimes we can cast onto that word a little bit more of a negative meaning. He's really meaning childlike. When we were children, have you watched a butterfly? I was walking just yesterday, and one flew right past, and I was observing it and thinking, oh, the butterflies are out. I just saw an article the other day that there are more monarch butterflies again in California, that they had diminished and that more have once again appeared. That's something to be thankful for because I'm sure there aren't as many as there used to be. And I've mentioned how there aren't as many birds. And now that I live in a place where there are more birds again, I really notice them. In fact, there's a bird that sings, particularly whenever the sun is going down or when the sun is coming up or when it's raining, apparently, has a beautiful song. And I noticed it, I noticed it so much more just because I was more in a city setting for a while, and there just weren't many birds at all. It was silent. It was really, really eerie. And I had great concern as to what was going on with the birds. There are so many things that we can discover in our environments. And I've actually read to a butterfly before. I didn't have a bookmark in it. I just turned to it again. And maybe I was roughly looking in that area, but it showed up and it needed to be read again today by William Wordsworth. Do you see how approachable that poem was? Did it help you a little bit? Did it get you outside of yourself a little bit? That's the idea. How does this help us with authenticity? When you're more relaxed, no matter what is going on in your life, you will be more yourself. That is a journey. I don't say everything in my head. 
I don't think I could if I wanted to. I try to bring as much of me as I can, but I'm also very much aiming for a balancing point here. I'm really wanting to reach out to people of a variety of persuasions because I see the value in that in these times. When I used to work as a volunteer leader, when I did run a giant festival, which is true, somehow I don't even know. I mean, there was an entire group, of course, that were running, but I was president of a nonprofit for a while and before that very involved for years. So many people came to this event. They didn't all think alike, and yet they came together as a community, and they found joy together. They didn't break out and knock down, drag out fights out in the street because they didn't agree about something. They just enjoyed the event. They enjoyed that feeling of being with other people. They appreciated community. And what if, because they were coming together in such a way, it would be easier somehow for them to begin to understand one another, even if they didn't agree? Because it's always easier to project some extreme personification. And believe me, I've seen this projected on multiple sides of everything. But when the real person is sitting in front of you, it's that person. Maybe you can have a conversation. Maybe you can even say, well, why? Why do you think this way? Wouldn't that be amazing? Instead of just projecting. Oh, no, I would never ask. I don't want to know. I don't want to know why. Well, if we don't want to know why, we're not going to understand one another. You don't have to, is there any danger, do you think? What if it shifts your view a little bit? Heaven forbid. (laughs) Truth is truth. And if we can find our way to a better understanding of it, yes, there will always be perceptions. But there are things that we can discover when we talk to one another, and it's really helpful. And that's what happened in the Oprah Forum a long time ago. And how I came to this place at all, which, believe me, I never would have expected. I may have been a writer when I was younger, and I was, but I wasn't open about spirituality, not by any means. This program is still going to go over, even though I made it 45 minutes. So I'm going to make a short segue here just to say to those of you who have been listening live, I greatly appreciate your presence here. This show won't go on too much longer after, but I have some more to read. I'll say it once, so I don't need to say it again at the end of the podcast. FrontierBeyondFear.com is where you will find um, a link to multiple broadcasts. I'm a little behind. I haven't put last week's show out there yet. Generally, I do this program every week. I can't say for sure if I'll I'll be doing it next week. I can't. I may take a Saturday off occasionally, but for the most part, this show broadcasts live at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays, and I've been pretty consistent. Um, I used to bring on guests. I'm no longer doing that right now. Because I'm led to reflect and um, 
it just it's a lot easier to do the program this way. It's the way that I'm led. But um, and I can't say that I agree with all the guests, not by a long shot. And yes, I yet I had a large variety on, and I've grown since that time. This program has been on the air for a long time now, and I have grown in a per, as a person, and I'm sure you have too. So. Thank you once again, live audience, and thank you to Blog Talk Radio for having this program on the homepage while live. So we will continue onward here. Actually, I'm just going to check one more thing. Okay, yes, thank you, Blog Talk Radio, for featuring this program in the featured slot for Spirituality Live as well. So, and I'm not quite sure how all of that is determined. Some of it is, I, I couldn't tell you, but I'm grateful whenever it happens. So, little more poetry, things that I opened to. This one's John Keats, lived 1795 to 1821. Um, it's from a poem, um, Endymion, a poetic romance. And I bet you recognize some of this poem. Here's just the beginning. A thing of beauty is a joy forever. Its loveliness increases. It will never pass into nothingness, but still will keep a bower quiet for us and a sleep full of sweet dreams and health, and quiet breathing. Therefore, on every morrow, morrow, we are wreathing a flowery band to bind us to the earth. Spite of despondence of the inhuman dearth of noble natures of the gloomy days of all the unhealthy and or darkened ways made for our searching yet in spite of all some shape of beauty moves away the pall from our dark spirits such the sun the moon Trees old and young sprouting, a shady boon for simple sheep. And such are daffodils with the green world they live in. That's all we'll say of that. That's John Keats, famous poet. You've heard that for sure. A thing of beauty is a joy forever. I open to this. I wasn't looking for it. And look at how relevant it is. He talks about gloomy days and, you know, human strife, so to speak, and difficulties. But when you have perceived a thing of beauty, that will help you with your worry. In fact, here's a practice for you. Think about a place that you used to enjoy that was beautiful. 
What do you have to lose to project a story from the past where you are in that place? I used to play by a creek as a child. I can tell a story to myself from my own memories of many, many days in my childhood by this creek. How much better a story that is than something that may never happen. And in fact, I had a quote which I've said before, and I'll say it again. Mark Twain, also known as Samuel Clemens, lived 1835 to 1910. I've had a lot of worries in my life, most of which never happen. Sometimes they do. Sometimes things go wrong. Sometimes we're totally blindsided by something we never could have expected. That may even be worse than we could have expected. That does happen. But I tell you, if you have a relationship to beauty, which is a foundation, which will help connect you to spirit, to the universe, to God, to love, It can help you. And it really is true that a lot of our worries don't come true. I'm going to say something I've said before. It's somewhat controversial within um, the metaphysical community. Based in my own life, I have observed again and again and again that worries generally do not come true. Because love is in the equation. There is no formula. There is no loveless formula or law. Too many times, especially in my own life, my goodness, when I was young, I worried a lot, and yet despite my worries, succeeded. Got a scholarship despite worrying about it, all kinds of things. We place worry up on a pedestal, and then we worry about worry. And that becomes our spiritual path, worrying about worry. Let that go. If it really was true, all you'd have to say is, my worries do not impact my future. And you could focus on that. But the fact of the matter is, there's more to this than some impersonal law. There is love in the equation. Some will say, oh, you're loved so much that whatever you worry about comes true. I'm sorry, that's nonsense. And if you don't want to listen to me after my saying that, go right ahead. Because that is propagating some really, really um, worrisome things. Focus on the positive. Don't even think about what your worries will do. Sure, Worry can impact us, absolutely. When we're not in our space of peace, I probably would have been even more effective as a young person had I not had worries, for sure. But still, things happen that were good despite my worries. And I've known plenty of people and plenty of times where I focused on something good and it didn't happen. It's not that simple. That is overly simplistic. Yes, we are a part of the omnipresent divine. Yes, I do believe there is an opportunity to be a 
co-creator in a sense, not elevating ourselves to some haughty, prideful place. That's not what that's about. But that it's the same thing as prayer. No different. That sometimes things miraculously occur. Sometimes I had a situation, in fact it was documented on this show some years ago, where a loved one just miraculously something happened. Something just disappeared. In fact, it's happened to me too. It's happened in a lot of ways. It doesn't always happen. But there's no formula to it. It happened even when you least expect it. Does it help you to be more positive? Of course it does. It helps everybody to be more positive. But let's stop deifying worry because that's exactly what we're doing. And that is actually deifying fear. And this is a program that is about the frontier beyond fear. I will not elevate fear to some catastrophically powerful level that is contrary to love, where love is what is in control. It doesn't mean that bad things don't happen, but it's not so explainable as that. And it tends to result in a lot of harmful things. It results in projecting, like this person wasn't thinking the right way. In some communities, this person wasn't praying enough. I used to have on this program someone who um, was a very conservative Christian, and in her setting, if you didn't pray enough, well, if things went wrong, it must be your fault. That is not helpful thinking. Think about the positive. Don't elevate your fears to monstrous levels. That's what that's doing. And in fact, I know I've had people on this program itself. I won't go back. It's in the archive if it's there. One of the reasons I don't bring on guests anymore is I've been very polite to guests, and I haven't engaged in debates with them about this particular thing because in the past, you know, someone had a new book out, and and I just brought it on. That was a different time. I can't do that anymore. I have to be my authentic self. This is not an infomercial. Okay. That may have sounded a bit harsh. Well, that's because when fear is elevated to monstrous levels, I have a reason to be upset about that. We've got to stop that. That is a form of bondage. I mean, believe it if you like, but it's yet another fear-based belief that isn't really helping us in our daily paths. Even if you believed it, you'd be better off not thinking about it. Even the belief itself tells you not to think about it. And yet there's far too many times that is propagated and very in dire ways. Like, watch out. It reminds me so much like my childhood with Santa Claus. Better watch out. Better watch out. Tell me that is helpful. You'd be much better off just looking at a cloud in the sky than focusing on that. Let it go. Release the bondage. That is a form of bondage. Why do we talk about freeing yourself? Worrying even about worrying is bondage. You are binding yourself to worry and empowering worry. 
stop empowering worry. Stop empowering fear. Empower its opposite, which is love, instead. Tell yourself, I am loved. I am a special creation. I am here for a reason, and don't let anybody take your story away. That, too. I used to say that even on the Oprah forum. Actually, I think I said all of this on the Oprah forum at one point. Because I've actually felt this way for quite some time. But it was hard because it's not always popular to feel this way. We so eagerly look for some, quote, science. There can be science, yes. But that doesn't mean there's some loveless law that we pretend is loving when it's not. Fear can't be loving. I mean, I suppose it can protect you. That's more caution. You are loved and your story matters. When you leave this earth, others will see your story. It will not disappear. They will feel your struggles. They will understand. We'll call that the Akash. You don't have to call it that. You don't have to be metaphysical in any way. Your story is your story. It's a creation and it's beloved. Even when you take the wrong path, everybody takes the wrong path at some point, more than once. It's still your story. Who are you going to be? Are you going to stand for love? Are you going to stand for understanding? Are you going to care about truth instead of imaginary projections? Are you going to look for that bridge to reach out a hand to someone else in love, in unconditional Love. I had more poems, but the program's nearing an hour now, so we'll save them for another show. Let's see where we're at. Yeah, it's getting close. So we're going to call call it a day here, I guess, with this program. And um, I am here most Saturdays. There will be some when I'm not. Again, if you want to listen live, Saturday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. I'm starting to use my um, my Twitter account again a little more, which came out of Bridge Builder. That's when it started, because you'll see my pseudonym there is Bridge Builder. Um, so you can find me there. This program is on Facebook. I totally invite you to discover the Facebook page because we don't really have too many people. And I share a lot of things there. And, of course, I'm on Facebook, too. And, um, you know, I have other outreaches as, as well that I am growing. And, yes, I am a writer. And I probably should start blogging again because a lot of the writing I do isn't really out there right now, even though it is happening. But 
You can also follow the show on Blog Talk Radio, and then you might get last this show I announced last night, and I may do that a little more often, so you get some warning as to when a show is coming. But anyway, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate that. And I am going to close out the show with Kevin McLeod's Living Voyage, once again recognizing Kevin for freely putting music out into the world under a Creative Commons license. Um, You can see more of those details in the text as to how. And I'm thankful for that. I hope that you will look at a cloud in the sky or look at a butterfly. For some of you, it's fall. For some of you, it's spring. Wherever you find yourselves, look for beauty. Stop projecting fear onto others and onto your own story. Do your best. Ask for love's help. Love is there for you to help you. It is everywhere. You cannot be separate from what this love is. And it can help you in miraculous ways. Take care, everyone. I will see you next time.